Welcome back to the Bearded Guy Podcast. I do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. Now, I hope this past week has found you well, and I hope you had some time during Thanksgiving to just get away from the daily grind and the go, go, go that is our lives. And I hope you spent some good time with the family and friends that you love. And I hope that that during that time you realize that that's what's important. It's not the things we have. It's not the things we acquire. It's those relationships with our family and our friends that mean so much. Now, if you joined us for the last episode, we were discussing the Aokigahara Forest or the Japanese Suicide Forest. And we talked about the landscape and the geography of the place in Japan at the foot of Mount Fuji. But now this week we're going to focus in on what is it that draws our curiosity to the forest. We're going to unpack some of that and we're going to talk about that. When we return here in just a moment on the Bearded Guy Podcast. Now, in the last episode of this series, we discussed the Aoki Gahara, or what's better known as the Japanese Suicide Forest. Now, the forest itself is a very interesting landscape of trees and vegetation, with tree roots that wind into and out of the forest floor, spanning the entirety of the forest itself. Now, the treetops are said to be so dense that on windy days, you hardly notice a breeze at all. And that's because the tops of the trees act as a barrier, blocking any wind that may be making its way through what is called the Sea of Trees. Now, this along with the fact that the floor is made up of hardened lava from the aftermath of Mount Fuji's last eruption, Now, this creates a sound-deadening atmosphere that people stayed as quite eerie, even on the best of days there. Now, the landscape is fascinating to look at, of course. I mean, taking in all the tree roots scattered along the winding kaleidoscope of twists and turns across the forest floor. But it's not the landscape that holds our fascination. It's the events that transpire there, creating the morbid curiosity with the forest. And it's something that draws us in deeper into the forest. Now, what is said to reside in the forest is quite frightening, to say the least. You see, traditional Japanese beliefs hold that when a person dies, their soul or spirit enters into a purgatory of sorts. And the soul stays in this holding pattern until a funeral and last rites are performed for the deceased. Now, once the funeral and the last rites are performed, the soul is allowed to leave purgatory and it joins their ancestors in the afterlife. Now, the interesting thing about the spirits leaving purgatory to go to the afterlife is that they actually become protectors of their family if, and only if, everything is done correctly at the time of their death. Now, if these these last rites and funeral are not completed correctly, the spirit of the deceased meets another fate in the afterlife. Now, according to Japanese, Japanese beliefs, Should a person meet a violent death, like murder or suicide, or last rites are not performed for the deceased, or even if the person is troubled by things like jealousy or anger, the fate of the deceased person or spirit is destined or doomed to become what is known as a yurei. 
Now, it is believed that the Ure have the ability to travel through the space between the dead and the living. And because of their circumstances and death, the Ure use this ability to come back and will haunt the place of their demise, or they will haunt the emotional interest at their time of death, meaning the person. Now, the name Ure is a general classification for this type of spirit. And within this classification, there are different types of Ure. And the variations are as different from one account to the other as the person given the account of the encounter. One thing that's common among the accounts or stories told about the Ure is the way that they appear to people. Now, they are always seen as dressed in white. And the outfit that's normally described is similar to what is called a burial kimono. And their hair is long and black, and it, it appears to be messy and disheveled looking. Now, unlike our ghost here in the States or apparitions, uh, the ure float through the air without legs or feet. But the upper torso gives the appearance or a representation of a figure with their arms outstretched and their hands dangling lifelessly at the wrists. Now, when a ure is seen, it is reported that they are usually accompanied by floating lights that are green, purple, and sometimes blue in color. Now, the lights that accompany them are also said to resemble that of floating flames. Now, again, that's a general outline of what a ure is, but the classifications are different altogether, and they are very interesting based on what happened at the time of the person's death. Now, with Yure being just a general description of the spirits or the ghosts that are seen in the Japanese culture, the classifications are, are wildly different for each category. The first one is the Onryo. Now, these are the vengeful spirits. Now, if the person the spirit belonged to was the victim of a cruel or unjust death, their spirits are said to come back from purgatory and exact revenge on the person or persons that committed this heinous act upon them. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a, that's a good moral compass for me to always be good to those people that you encounter on a daily basis. Now, the next one is the ubume, or the yokai. Now, this is the wandering spirit of a woman who has died in the act of childbirth. And according to eyewitness accounts, the spirit that has been encountered appears to hand a baby to the person that's a part of the encounter. And it's only after the spirit disappears that the person holding the, to b believe what is a child finds that it's actually a rock or a bundle of leaves. And there's the Goryo. Now, these are classified as vengeful as well, but they are from an aristocratic background. And usually the spirit belonged to someone who was a martyr or was martyred. Now, there's the Funa Ure. These are spirits that have died at sea, and they have been called uh, ship ghosts, if you will. Now, these are also classified as, as vengeful in nature. You see in a pattern here, all of these are vengeful spirits, so much so that it is said that they fill the boats with water to sink them and meter out the same fate to others that they have themselves met at the hands of the sea. Now, there's also the Zashiki Warashi, or what is commonly known or referred to as a guest room child. Now, these are the pranksters of the lot. They're much like our poltergeist. And they're normally seen with red face and hair, and they're believed to be the spirits of children ranging in age from 3 to 15 years old by some accounts. Now, they're said to live in closets and in people's dwellings, and they're just pranksters in general. So there are a fair amount of vengeful spirits that come back to haunt those of the Japanese culture, but they're not always vengeful and malevolent. 
I mean, they can also be sad and wandering souls that are destined to walk the earth for an eternity, just trying to make right and find peace for the injustice or sadness that they experienced at the time of their deaths. Now, the question is, how is this wrong in the case of these deaths made right? Well, in the case of the suicides in the Aokigahara forest, this is accomplished through finding the bodies of those who have committed suicide and bringing them in to be identified. Now, if no identification or claim is made of the body found, the last rites are performed so the spirit of the deceased may find the eternal rest and peace that they so long for. But what happens to those that don't? If they're not offered the final burial rites and the the proper funeral, their souls are destined to become yure that wander the forest for an eternity. Now, in an effort to hinder the suicides in the forest, the entryways there, they've posted signs everywhere that urge those who are visiting for the purpose of committing suicide to not do it and to seek help, to remember their family and friends, to remember the love in their life that they have. Now, there are also searches led by the police and the locals uh, to help find anyone or any of those who have or are planning to commit suicide in the forest. And it's really sad that, you know, the culture is such that people feel that they need to end their lives and they need to end their lives in a way that's respectful to their family by wandering into a forest so they can't be found or they can't bring shame or they can't bring disgrace upon their family. You know, and it's always my hope that people that feel this way, you know, find the solution to what ails them, what's troubling them, what's bringing them to this point in their lives where they feel like they have no other solution. Now, going back to the forest, one of the most common ways that is used in the forest for ending one's life is by hanging or drug overdose. Now, neither neither of these are a very good way to die because due to the emotional and violent act of death, it leaves the spirit of the departed to wander the forest for an eternity and never find the rest that it so deserves. So I hope you've enjoyed this short little trip into the Japanese suicide forest, and I hope it it spurs your curiosity to go learn more about the place. There's so much information there about the Aokigahara forest. Um, A lot of it's not good. A lot of it is dealing with the subject matter of suicide. So if you are dealing with and struggling with these thoughts or, or these feelings, I hope you find the peace that you're looking for. And I hope, it's my hope that you find the happiness and, and resolutions to problems that you feel are bigger than life itself. Because trust me, nothing is that big that it can't be overcome. Trust me, I've, I've overcome a lot of adversity in my life and, and I, can, I can attest to that. So again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope you join us for future episodes. And you know, it's, it's you, the listening audience, that is the reason that I come on to do this. It's not that I make money from it. I just enjoy doing it. It's, it's a passion of mine. It may not be that good, but I enjoy putting this information out there for you, the listener, to have and to, to spur you on to more and more and more. So again, thank you for coming by and I hope you join us for future episodes. Check me out on Facebook, JS Winters. That's my Facebook page. You can check me out on Instagram, The Bearded Guy Podcast. And also here on Anchor.fm, I do appreciate you coming by. Hope you have a great day and a wonderful week ahead of you. And until next time.